Legendary Passages, Episode 101, Hubulus Ovidius Naso, Metamorphoses, Book 7, Section 322, Medea and Aegeus. Previously, Medea convinced the daughters of Peleus to slay their father. In this passage, they do just that, and Medea flies from Iolcus to Corinth to Athens, sowing chaos in her wake. After slaying Peleus, Medea and her dragons sail over Pelion, Orthrus, Petani, Ida's Grove, Eurypylus, Rhodes, Carthaea, Hyri, Pluron, Caluria, and Silene, all with their own legends. After burning the palace in Corinth, she came to Athens and married King Aegeus. When Theseus arrived, she brewed aconite, a poison from the very land where Hercules brought up from Hades the three-headed dog Cerberus. Finally, once father and son are reunited, the Athenians sing of the labors of Theseus. Medea and Aegeus a legendary passage from Brooks Moore translating Publius Ovidius Naso Metamorphoses Book Seven Section three twenty two to four fifty three Three times Phoebus unyoked his steeds after their plunge in Ebro's stream, and on the fourth night stars shone brilliant on the dark foil of the sky. And then the treacherous daughter of Aetes set some clear water over a hot fire and put in it herbs of no potency. And now a death-like sleep held the king down, his body all relaxed, and with the king his guards, a sleep which incantations with the potency of magic words had given. The sad king's daughters, as they had been bid, were in his room, and with Medea stood around his bed. Why do you hesitate? Medea said. You laggards, come draw your swords. Let out his old blood, that I may refill his empty veins again with young blood. In your hands your father's life and youth are resting. You, his daughters, must have love for him. And if the hopes you have are not all vain, come, do your duty by your father. Drive out old age at the point of your good weapons, and let out his blood enfeebled. Cure him with the stroke of iron. Spurred on by these words, as each one of them was filial, she became the leader in the most unfilial act. That she might not be most wicked did the wicked deed. No one could bear to see her own blows, so they turned their eyes away, and every face averted so, they blindly struck him with their cruel hands. The old man screaming with his blood still raised himself on elbow, and half mangled tried to get up from his bed, with all these swords around him, he stretched out his pale arms, and he cried, What will you do, my daughters? 
What has armed you to the death of your loved father? Their wrong courage left them, and their hands fell. When he would have said still more, Medea cut his throat and plunged his mangled body into boiling water. Only because her winged dragon sailed swiftly with her up to the lofty sky, escaped Medea punishment for this unheard-of crime. Her chariots sailed above the empowering Peleno, long the lofty home of Chiron, over Othrys, and the vale made famous where Cerambus met his fate. Cerambus, by the aid of nymphs, from there was wafted through the air on wings, when earth was covered by the overwhelming sea, and so escaped Deucalion's flood uncrowned. She passed by Pitani on the left, with its huge serpent image of hard stone, and also passed the grove called Ida's, where the stolen bull was changed by Bacchus's power into a hunted stag. In that same vale, Paris lies buried in the sand, and over fields where Mera warning harked, Medea flew. Over the city of Eurypylus, upon the isle of Kos, whose women wore the horns of cattle, when from there had gone the herd of Heracles, and over roads beloved of Phoebus, where Telkinian tribes dwelt, whose bad eyes corrupting power shot forth. Jove, utterly despising, thrust them deep beneath his brother's waves. Over the walls of old Carthia, where Alcidamus had seen with wonder a tame dove arise from his own daughter's body. And she saw the lakes of Hyri in Tumesia's vale, by swans frequented, there to satisfy his love for sickness, Phileus gave two living vultures. Shell for him subdued a lion and delivered it to him, and mastered a great bull at his command. But when the wearied Phileus refused to render to his friend the valued bull, indignant the youth said, You shall regret your hasty words. Which having said, he leapt from a high precipice as if to death but gliding through the air on snow-white wings was changed into a swan. Dissolved in tears, his mother Hyrie knew not he was saved, and weeping formed the lake that bears her name. And over Pluron, where on trembling wings escaped the mother comb from her sons, Medea flew. And over the far isle of Caluria, sacred to Latona, she beheld the conscious fields, whose lawful king, together with his queen, were changed to birds. Upon her right, Silene could be seen. There Menaphon, degraded as a beast, outraged his mother. In the distance she beheld Cephisius, who lamented long his hapless grandson, by Apollo changed into a bloated sea-calf. And she saw the house where King Eumulus mourned the death of his aspiring son. Born on the wings of her enchanted dragons, she arrived at Corinth, whose inhabitants, tis said, from many mushrooms, watered by the rains, sprang into being. There she spent some years. 
but after the new wife had been burnt by the Colchian witchcraft, and two seas had seen the sun's own palace all aflame, then savagely she drew her sword and bathed it in the blood of her own infant sons, by which atrocious act she was revenged. And she, a wife and mother, fled the sword of her own husband, Jason. On the wings of her enchanted titan dragons born, she made escape securely, nor delayed until she entered the defended walls of great Minerva's city. At the hour when aged Periphas, transformed by Jove together with his queen, on eagle wings flew over its encircling walls, with whom the guilty Halcyon, skimming seas, safely escaped upon her balanced wings. After these events, Medea went to Aegeus, king of Athens, where she found protection from her enemies for all this evil done. With added wickedness, Aegeus, after that, united her to him in marriage. All unknown to him came Theseus to his kingly court. Before the time his valor had established peace on all the isthmus, raved by dual seas. Medea, seeking his destruction, brewed the juice of aconite, infesting shores of Scythia where, tis fabled, the plant grew on soil infected by Siberian teeth. There is a gloomy entrance to a cave that follows a delivetous descent. There Hercules, with chains of adamant, dragged from the dreary edge of Tartarus that monster watchdog Cerberus, which, vain opposing, turned his eyes aslant from light, from dazzling day. Delirious, enraged, that monster shook the air with triple howls, and frothing, sprinkled as it raved, the fields once green with spewing of white poison foam. And this, converted into plants, sucked up a deadly venom with the nourishment of former soils, from which productive grew upon the rock, thus formed the noxious plant by rustics from that cause named Aconite. Medea worked on Aegeus to present his own son, Theseus, with a deadly cup of Aconite, prevailing by her art so that he deemed his son an enemy. Theseus unwittingly received the cup, but just before he touched it to his lips, his father recognized the sword he wore, for, graven on its ivory hilt, was wrought a known device, the token of his race. Astonished, Aegeus struck the poison cup from his devoted son's confiding lips. Medea suddenly escaped from death, and a dark whirlwind her witch singing raised. Recoiling from such utter wickedness, rejoicing that his son escaped from death, the grateful father kindled altar fires and gave rich treasure to the living gods. He slaughtered scores of oxen, decked with flowers and gilded horns. The sun has never shone upon a day more famous in that land, for all the elders and the common folk united in festivities, with wine-inspiring wit and song. O oh, you, they sang, immortal Theseus, victory was yours, did you not slaughter the huge bull of Crete? Yes, did you slay the boar of Cramiano, where now the peasant unmolested plows? 
and Periphetes, wielder of the club, was worsened when he struggled with your strength, and fierce Procrustes, matched with you beside the rapid river, met his death, and even Kirkian and Elysus lost his wicked life, inferior to your might, and Sinus, a monstrosity of strength, who bent the trunks of trees and used his might against the world for everything that's wrong. For evil he would force down to the earth pine tops to shoot men's bodies through the air. Even the road to Megara is safe, for you did hurl the robber's Skyron sheer over the cliff. Both land and sea denied his bones a resting place, as tossed about they changed into the cliffs that bear his name. How can we tell the number of your deeds, deeds glorious that now exceed your years? For you, brave hero, we give public thanks and prayers. To you we drain our cups of wine. And all the palace rings with happy songs and with the grateful prayers of all the people. And sorrow in that city is not known. But pleasure always is alloyed with grief, and sorrow mingles in the joyous hour. While the king Aegeus and his son rejoiced, Minos prepared for war. This passage continues with Minos and Iacchus, but our next episode returns to the kings of Athens. <laughs>